Most of us are familiar with the classic kids on milk cartons thing that always comes up. But what other kinds of attention do kidnap kids get? There are the usuals, like news reports and talk shows. In today's world, we often see these things trending on the internet or find ourselves being scared half to death by the Amber Alerts when they hit our phones. This is part two of Charlie Ross's story, so if you haven't listened to part one, go start there and come back. When Charlie vanished, it was basically a cultural sensation. Everyone was talking about it, and it became so popular that someone actually composed a song about it called Bring Back Our Darling. There were flyers covering every surface, special detectives being involved, and local and national news alike were covering it. In an era where carriages were still the norm, the way that this news spread was really, really intense. The whole country wanted to find Charlie. Now that Charlie was all over the news, everyone wanted to help. The public actually attempted to trade the money for Charlie multiple times, hoping to see him returned. But unfortunately, it didn't work out. The kidnappers simply stopped responding, and Charlie was never seen again. No one actually knows what caused the change of heart here. Of course, we also don't know if there really was one at all. There is a very real chance that the kidnappers never actually intended to return Charlie. It is possible that they drove him out of town after releasing Walter and just killed him. Maybe Walter was supposed to give them hope that Charlie was safe, but I have to wonder if the media played into it at all. In an age where this kind of thing going viral, so to speak, was basically unheard of, I have to imagine that if they still had Charlie, this new development would have made them freak out. If you had just kidnapped a kid, and suddenly that kid is covering every surface in major cities, you're probably not going to feel great about traveling with him or keeping him. Assuming that they didn't have some tucked away spot, they must have been pretty worried about this. And I have to wonder if there's a chance that all of that publicity made them decide to get rid of him. If they were traveling and realized just how fast news was spreading, they might decide that keeping him wasn't worth the risk. But rather than risk a third chance where someone might see them, they just decided to abandon him somewhere more secluded. Of course, there is always the possibility that they killed him in hopes of protecting themselves. And to this day, we still don't know. The Ross family has seen their fair share of potential Charlies pop up throughout the years. And the family never stopped looking for him either. Despite this, all of the people claiming to be Charlie were found to be imposters. And no one knows for certain who abducted him either. 
There have been a few accusations throughout the years, but the most prominent consensus involves two dead criminals. Joe Douglas and Bill Mosher were known criminals, and they died, as criminals sometimes do, when they broke into the wrong house. The homeowner was a local judge, and he knew how to defend himself. Mosher died immediately from gunshot wounds, but Douglas had a couple of hours left in him. And this was a huge point of interest for the judge when Douglas began to make a confession. The judge stated that Douglas admitted to helping Mosher kidnap Charlie Ross. He said that there was no longer any point in hiding the truth because he was dying. And he wanted the truth out there. But I don't know if I really believe the report. And honestly, even if I did believe it, it wouldn't really matter. The story regarding what he confessed to the judge about Charlie's whereabouts changes depending on who is telling it. Some people say that he confirmed that Charlie was killed, and that there was no hope and no point in looking for him. Others say he knew where Charlie was and said that he was somewhere safe, and that there was a chance that he might even be returned with them dead. Of course, he didn't give any locations, so there was nowhere to look. Regardless of what he did say, police took this confession really seriously. They determined that it was possible, so they did something that I imagine would certainly be considered a little controversial. They took Walter to go see the dead bodies. At this point, Walter was placed face-to-face with two dead bodies and asked to confirm whether or not these were the two individuals who picked up him and Charlie. And, surprisingly, he did confirm it. The descriptions that he gave police about the two killers matched as well, and it's believed that this really does close the case. I'm not sure I believe everything in the story surrounding what was said, but... Ultimately, it does seem like they found their guys. Of course, that didn't mean that police were done with it yet. I'm assuming that tensions were really high with the news of Charlie's kidnapping, and police wanted a confirmed conclusion to the case. This is why they redirected their attention to Mosher's brother-in-law. His name was William Westervelt, and despite his background in law enforcement, police hauled him in for questioning. They then proceeded to charge him for kidnapping, but that didn't really work, so they charged him with something else and then they locked him up for a good few years. I honestly can't tell you if he had anything to do with the crime, or if it was just pinned on him to give the public someone to blame. Regardless, the public was at peace with the situation when everything was said and done. The family, on the other hand, was left to contend with the very real fact that Charlie was gone. Even if the two kidnappers were dead, Charlie didn't magically appear. He was still missing, and no one truly knew whether he was dead or alive. Charlie's parents were destroyed by the loss of their son, and they continued to look for him throughout their lives. 
Unfortunately, they never did find him, and not everyone was kind about Charlie's disappearance. We've discussed before just how gross people can get when victims go missing. There is always that flurry of psychics who swear that they know where the person is or terrorize the family with made-up stories about their deaths. But with child abductions, there's something even worse that comes up. People pretending to be those long-lost children. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved Anastasia more than any other princess movie as a kid, but that doesn't mean that it plays out like that in real life. I know true crime fans love to focus on the idea that someone might not realize that they were a victim of kidnapping. But it seems unlikely that this happened here. Instead, the family was incessantly hounded, with grown adults pretending to be Charlie every single time the story surfaced again. I cannot imagine how horrible that was for them, and they're definitely not the only family that has to deal with this. Hopefully, we can get a little bit better about helping families to avoid harassment as we go along. But there's always the chance that Charlie is out there, and he doesn't even know it. So if you want to discuss growing up under a different identity, the wonder that is horse-drawn carriages... Or the other reasons that you wouldn't let your kids play in the front yard? Feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>